1: Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
2: How are you? Yeah, all right, all right, getting there. How's, how's incredible pregnancy? Oh, I, it's, not, it's not incredible, it's an absolute, it's an absolute ball ache. But, um, no, I mean like uh, incredible is the wrong word. I mean like yeah, far, show you.
0: like far along. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. you're incredibly pregnant. That's very, the wrong very word.
2: Pregnant. I'm trying to get it into the shop yeah. so you can see. I'm the shape. I'm the size of an egg. Wow. Yeah. Extreme fashion. pregnancy. Thirty-one weeks. So there's another seven till they have him. But uh, mm. which seems like a long time. But there uh, we go. I'm looking forward to hot yeah, yoga. That's how long they take to Hot cool. yoga at Christmas.
0: Yeah. Uh, You'll think, be able to go back.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You could stretch so much further in the heat.
2: That's it, you go deep. That's it, you go deep. Oh, but, yeah.
0: But it affects how well I can do yoga the next time, even though it's not hot. Yeah. Because my body's stretched there. that much yeah. further.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, it's making me want to go, actually. I know.
2: <laughs> the minute you're told you can't go, you're just obsessed. You're like, I want to get up at six in the morning and go to a really hot yeah, class. Yeah. And then exactly. And when you can go, you're like, oh, it seems like yeah. I will work. Oh, why, would, um, I go? why <laughs> would I do that? Why would I get all hot and sweaty? Human beings are so complicated. Oh oh we, we um, yeah, or we're not actually, we're very simple. <laughs> it's like.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well it's that that too. One of those. <laughs> Definitely one of those. The spontaneity shop presents the guilty feminist watchers, and just like that, the Sex in the City Reheal. With me, Deborah Francis White and my very special guest, Sarah Pascoe. Season two, episode eight, a hundred years ago. Hello everyone, this is me, Deborah Francis Miter. With me today is comedian, writer, and guilty feminist favourite. It's Sarah Pasco. Hello, Sarah. Hello. You've got a husky voice a little bit. A little I've been rehearsing my play all week. So you started it's, smoking. It's started smoking outside. <laughs> <laughs> and now I, I think can you imagine? No, it's I think it's um I think it's the sexy husk of of hard graft, yeah. Sarah. Yes. This is, this yeah. is, I'm virtually down a mine in that rehearsal room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it so suits much you. thinking, chatting. Yeah.
0: I feel like Phoebe from Friends oh. when she has that. She gets a cold and then she does husky singing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll miss it when it's gone. Yeah, I'm loving it. How are you feeling? Because uh, oh. you,
0: if, if the internet reports correctly, and also I've seen you with my own eyes. Yeah. Are quite pregnant.
2: I'm quite pregnant. My husband's been out of the country for four and a half months. I have a toddler about to turn 18 months. And this is good, actually, as a sort of... <laughs> before I talk about the show, this is my disclaimer. I'm a very lonely lady who's had a very isolated life. And um, the only TV programme I've watched that wasn't a cartoon called The Adventures of Paddington is this show. So it means too much to me. And I have no... Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to compare it to in terms of quality. This is television to me and my friendship group.
0: Excellent. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what we need to caveat here and mm. take into account is that you've seen no television ever uh, effectively. That's the what we last, have to in imagine. In the last few
2: months, the only thing I've seen is things that my son will sit down for for five minutes which so Bluey, he, that kind uh, of thing? No, oh, he'll give Bluey 30 seconds. Paddington is the only thing where, for some reason, he will sit still for longer than a minute. He might sit through a whole Wiggles song, Debs, but it's oh not God. guaranteed. Oh, God. And then, so then this series started, and um, I, I allow myself, because obviously, you know, they wake up really early, babies, children, and so I don't actually watch TV because I don't want to stay up any later than necessary. But on Thursdays, Mm. I'll stay up and watch, um, or yeah, or maybe when he naps, I watch this show. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I feel like I need to come round and do an evening shift for you. Oh
2: bless you! You know, I used to be a nanny. I know you did. I'll
0: come round. I'll come round this week. The problem is, take a shift. The problem
2: is because my husband went away. What I didn't realise is that so my son got separation anxiety. So childcare became an issue because he became so upset. So it wasn't that I'm. I'm not some martyr going. I am going to do all of this myself him and the dog as a tag team of twats have driven away anyone that I could pay to help me oh wow yeah when anyone comes to the house they're like she's going to leave mummy's going to leave we go we go now
0: oh yeah so they freak out yeah okay All right. so if I come round it's going to make it worse is what you're saying
2: oh no what I'm trying to say is if you do come round please come round another time and meet my son when he's in a nicer mood
0: (laughs) Oh, I just
2: want to help yeah, you though, yeah. Sarah. I picked him up from nursery yesterday and they said, is he very tired? And I said, actually, he's not. He's sleeping really well. And they were like, okay, then he's just in a really bad mood. I was like, yeah, he's really oh, grumpy. Wow. I mean, I know
0: Steen's been working hard in Australia on a TV show and he's going to get off the plane jet-lagged and I still hope you put the child into his arms <laughs> and just walk out the door <laughs> and say, so good, just goodbye. cope with this. Goodbye, see you after Christmas. exactly and you just go I'm checking myself into a spa for a weekend
2: yeah
0: that's what you should do check yourself into
2: a really nice hotel with a massage I'm gonna sound like a negative Nina everything's rubbish when you're pregnant they won't massage you properly if you do go I did go in my first pregnancy and they do like this thing where they just sort of lay their fingers on you and rub them around like as if everything's going to cause problems you can't get deep tissue when you really need it they don't go into your hips or your shoulders it's like a little soft wipe so it's just useless even spas are ruined and you can't get in the sauna you can't get in the jacuzzi oh "Oh, you should go swimming you should go swimming it will help strengthen your pelvic floor (laughs) everything's rubbish
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you have to swim but with this enormous watermelon (laughs) strapped to you yeah yeah which no one wants to do no and you can't really do any of the fun relaxing stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, you're not selling it to me, I'll be honest. I honestly you
2: know? I think I could do a lot for the birth rates in this country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first woman who's had IVF twice going. Actually, it's a huge mistake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it I mean, it's not eventually. Eventually, there'll be, you know, there'll be five and seven or something. Well,
2: there was an epi- actually there's something in this episode where the two daughters, obviously one of them's adopted, but of Charlotte, are really happy she's got a job and they're not going to see her anymore. And mm. I was wistful, like one day my, I won't have to see my children. One day, oh. <laughs> one day I'll get to go back to work. Well, also,
0: I th- it could make you feel like um, I can't believe I'm pushing this child, I'm growing this child inside of me and pushing it out so that in ten years, fifteen years time, it can go. Please leave, we're bored of you. How ungrateful! I think that
2: bit's liberating. I think that liberating. We bit should all be liberating. grateful to our mothers. Though, all the time, really. Do you think so? Yeah. yeah. Of course we I should. Mean, of course we should. should.
0: What you're yeah. doing for your child now, who's being vile to you, and you're sort of spoon feeding <laughs> yeah. him, yeah. and he's being nasty, and then in 20 years' time he's going to go, oh, she's calling me again. <laughs> Hi, mum. <laughs> yep. No. Sure. I'm just with my mates now. Oh, yeah. And he's going to be rolling his eyes at somebody. You're inventing those eyes right now. You're growing them. He wouldn't have eyes without you. You're not allowed to have a massage so he can have eyes.
2: <laughs> right, guys. Okay. 20 years, I'm booking you, Debs, to come turn up in that pub and give him a lecture. Yeah, There'll be a new I'm podcast gonna... series. Deborah Francis White. <laughs> lectures <laughs> the lectures the children, children of, of guilty feminists.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to – exactly. I'm going to be like, do you know what your mother did for you? And you can't even bother to pick up the phone. I saw you reject That's that podcast. That's the title of you just... the
2: podcast. Did you, do you know what your mother did for you? That's the title <laughs> of the podcast, yeah. And I you, mean you – know, It's like, um, you know, who was that guy who used to turn up the big red book, This Is Your Life? It's like that but yes. negative to teenage boys. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I'm going to say, and do you know, while you were cooking, while your mother was actually inventing the very ears you're listening out of – your father went off to do a glamorous <laughs> television show in Australia for four and a half months, yeah, and she was left with just you and your older inside of her and your older brother <laughs> who wouldn't cooperate because of some you know small child issues that we none of us will truly understand, and the dog was being a twat, yeah yeah the and dog he'll he'll understand that yeah he'll
2: that'll that'll, that, that'll, that'll reframe that'll... it for him yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in a way that won't at all embarrass him in front of his friends in the pub.
2: No. It's so hard, isn't it, to imagine being a baby. that like no one really yeah, no one really relate. believes they were actually a baby. I don't actually believe I was a baby. Do you I mean you were in, you can't actually believe what? Inside a woman? Come on now, that's unrealistic. I try and imagine it. Well, I I actually I've done some psychedelics and
0: I've and I've revisited oh, it during oh, psychedelics. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's been really, really interesting. I find it, I mean, this is not at all on the theme of the podcast, but I find it a little abstract because my m- mother who raised me is different from my birth mother. Yeah. So when I met my birth mother, I kept trying to imagine being inside her yeah. as a tiny, yeah. like, but- interuterine creature.
2: I see. I think it's much um, more reasonable to be raised by people who aren't pretending they grew you. Because I had the opposite, where I was brought up by the woman who said, you know, that I'd been inside her uterus. And I kept thinking, don't lie. (laughs) Like, how would that happen? How would I get inside there? Oh, I come out of your vagina. Yeah, beard, as if. (laughs) Like, this is the the weirdest story anyone's ever made up.
0: Did you think it was like Santa and it was going to be revealed as a sort of thing children are told?
2: Yeah, I thought it would be like, actually, of course, we grow you all as eggs inside a lab. And then we give you to your parents. That's why you can't remember anything pre-18 months Mm. old. Like...
0: Yes. yes you're
2: delivered at 18 months yes. and they tell you this story <gasps> yeah you're invented it's, you're switched on and then I'd have gone that's much more realistic that thank you you're starting to convince me of it now yeah no, I'm
0: thinking maybe that's the truth
2: yeah. except you are there currently oh, cooking a that's, child that's the thing that I have to sort of every day go no this is this is really happening yeah this is really it's so yeah. sci-fi yeah. it is
0: actually very sci-fi yeah. the idea of growing someone inside of you and then that person bursting out it's wild really isn't it yeah
2: Yeah, it's a lot to get your head around, which is why I do understand for children why they don't absorb it or want to absorb it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, look, just to give you a break from thinking about (laughs) the endless nature of pregnancy, this is the only television show you've seen for what seems like years. Yes. Um, How do you feel about And Just Like That? I feel
2: big feelings, Deborah. Do you? (laughs) Really big feelings. God, I'm so thrilled you're on. Tell me everything. Well... What my my thought I had two days ago, knowing we were going to speak about it, is that the original Sex in the City was a show about sex, and it didn't often to me feel like a show about women. And I know that women were the main characters and that there were some mm. issues that they thought were targeted at women, you know, maybe like uh menstruating while you had sex or something like that, but the whole thing felt very unfemale, actually. Mm. Felt quite shallow. And I think this, the reboot feels to me a show about love and much more about women than the original. Mm-hmm. I really, I know that it was the first, there was some really clunky stuff in the first series in terms of but what I really admire, because like lots of people I'm trying to be better and trying to absorb and be more aware, is how much thought they had put into representation and speaking about privilege and bringing those characters into now and I thought in a really, really positive, not in a perfect, but in a very positive way. And then this series, now that all the characters, especially the new characters, are gelled in, I'm just, I love it. I love love the celebration of love now, whereas there there was a lot of toxicity in the relationships in the original comedy show, and it was a comedy show, so of course there was lots of imperfect people doing dramatic things, but no, I'm really enjoying this series, really enjoying it. I have to say now that all of the more
0: clunky parts around trying to make this contemporary yes. show that yeah. reflects more progressive values it has they they're just i think they've taken the note can we just let people be people and not have black women lecturing white women all the time on race it's yeah. it is a lot better now now yes. we know Sema. now yes. we know lisa but it wasn't
2: i don't know if you've gone back to watch series 1 have you mm. Or, and I don't no. know if your listeners have, because I did. I had to do revision for this. So I watched, rewatched the Aiden series. I watched series three and four of the original, Sex in the City. Oh, wow. And then I watched series one. And I for- I liked it so much more because I'm part of the world now that those mm. bits to me that felt so awkward, like Miranda getting saying, like, I didn't expect you to be the teacher, you had braids. But what you can see now is how much work they put into the exact wording they put into her mouth. Mm. Oh, and also, I think it's very difficult because it doesn't matter how often you acknowledge your own privilege. It's still annoying. There's no there's no amount of mm. times you can say, oh, by the way, I'm privileged. And people go, OK, that's fine. Then as long as, you know, <laughs> like in, <laughs> enjoy your lovely life.
0: Self-awareness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is uh, is no excuse. Um, so I'm going to do a quick recap of this episode so okay. we can dive in. Yeah as that was very insightful and incisive, what you just said. So in this episode, Miranda pisses off the young interns at her law firm by getting the cushy jobs and a promotion on her first week, Carrie Airbnb's Chase apartment as a shag pad for her and Aidan and gets domestic buying pepper mills and cheese graters. Anthony tries to fire Giuseppe, his newest hot fella bread delivery guy, for being too hot, while gay but instead ends up entangled in the dough with him. Charlotte, another 50-something woman who's been out of the workforce and yet unaccountably has been offered a huge job, has a strange crisis about being a size 12 Imagine she has a belly of some sort and has apparently never worn Spanx before and nor has she heard about the body positive or acceptance movements despite having two politically aware teenagers. Seema avoids Carrie newly in love with her old love because she's never had a great love and doesn't want to be a third wheel. And finally, Carrie tells Aidan she made a mistake and basically denies dead big in an incredible 180. Yeah. The likes of which we've never seen in Sex of the City before, in my opinion. Um, so those are the storylines. Because some and I, I do the d- recap. Because some people say they don't watch the show; they just listen to the recap to find out
2: what's happening. Oh, they've got uh, even so... less time on their hands than I have. <laughs> like okay, I need, I need a three-minute presses. <laughs> Uh, no I think
0: they just don't want to watch it but they they enjoy us criticising oh, it
2: criticising so, it have you been having a go I mean, at the show look if we're going to start with criticism they should have padded Charlotte's belly if they wanted to actually show someone it felt like an actress who didn't want to look she's not in any way She's she, she obviously works out eats incredibly well she's taking very good care of herself she's in a massive show which is so two dimensional it is a lot about what they look like and what they're wearing which yeah. must be a huge amount of pressure for any person. So then to have a scene of like, oh, my belly with a totally flat stomach.
0: It was strange, wasn't it? Yeah, really, CGI really strange.
2: won in. Come on, come on now.
0: <laughs> it broke the internet. The internet went absolutely wild about it. Yeah, I've had so many people messaging me like listeners just yes. messaging me before, they're saying you are going to talk about this, aren't you? Yeah. Because this was this made me so angry. This and also, is but I didn't line.
2: understand it. I watched it again in the car on the way here. I watched it again because I don't understand. They weren't explicit about why she took the spanks off. Obviously, for some reason, it affected her vocal cords. That was a odd choice. We've all worn restrictive <laughs> underwear and been able to talk normally. Um, but um, she then takes it off. What because she saw. A woman who wasn't a size ten for the first time. It was to do, mm. It was a response to another member of staff, and it was so confusing. She walks in. She sees two people who are very, very slim. Then she sees mm. someone who, you know, nor- He's not normal, very slim. normal size. Yeah, not skinny. And, yeah. and and has a midriff. Yeah, but, but, out, but, but even it wasn't, though, but it wasn't explicit that Charlotte went. Of course, I like myself too. Why am I being? It, it, it wasn't actually. It seems like we she, were very saw, much... she saw a fat person and went, okay, I'll take my spanks off then. I'm not the biggest woman yes. here. It, it, yes. felt, it felt it could be misconstrued. The thing with Charlotte is
0: she's got two children, one daughter, one non-binary. They must have had body moments of going, you know, either discussion around body acceptance, but or, I mean, Lily is a...
2: In the first series, because I've been re-watching it, there's a thing where Lily posts a picture of herself in sports gear looking sexual at 15 years old that Charlotte has to deal with. There is a whole storyline. So and then there are people who are aware of body positivity when it comes to other people, but are still very harsh on themselves. This is sometimes the problem with a C-plot in a show. You want to show Mm. the beats of Charlotte's back to work. You know, going back into the workplace... There are lots of things to worry about in terms of competency, capability, you know, suddenly leaving one mindset and going into another and wanting to do a good job. But for Charlotte, it's about where the belt sits on her dress. Mm. And actually the excitement of her going back into employment was Charlotte was someone who was really good at her job. So good that everyone made a fuss about her always. And again, there's that scene in the first series where... It's a mother-in-law who's saying that the, the characters wasted her money and Charlotte goes through the the artists that they've invested in and artist an incredible investment and mm. Charlotte is so, she's always stayed on top of that. So what a shame that going mm. back to work wasn't revision. It wasn't mental load. It was mm. shopping and belts. But then we remember the, the universe that we're in and that is the universe. Mm.
0: A generous interpretation might be sometimes we put our anxiety – I know I do yes, this. Yes, I put my anxiety on a tiny thing because actually mm-hmm. what I don't want to accept is that like, – I, it, but it would have been a much more interesting storyline if she thought, fuck, would I mean, she left the workplace yeah. in, just because she wanted to get pregnant when she was like yes. 35, or 36, yeah. may, maybe a bit older because she had already turned 36, so maybe she's 37. The idea of a woman walking back into a job yeah. 20 years later mm-hmm. basically – Yeah. Having been out of the workforce that time, I don't think it matters how much reading you've done. You would think, fuck, it's all changed. I'm not going to know anything. I'm going to look stupid. You'd
2: worry about looking stupid is what you'd worry about. I would worry about that.
0: That I've, you know, and maybe she is channeling that, but then that story needed to be told, that I'm channeling it into what do I look like because I can't
2: face. It's really about my head. Harry, who is my favourite character, Harry who has always been obsessed with the way sh- how sexy he finds Charlotte and how attractive Charlotte is I don't think he would allow the bone broth crap I think he's mm. also so when you share a house with someone he hadn't noticed she was starving herself which is what bone broth is mm. it's not sustenance mm. and you would go you're, you're absolutely. and also in every scene she is told how wonderful she looks so she, mm. it keeps being reinforced the value is the value you have to the workplace is what you look like in your new dress.
0: It's, it's very true. It's very true. I did actually speak to somebody who is in the art world because I said, women who've been out of the workplace since their 30s don't just get offered jobs mm. like that, do they? And she said, actually, she might, because if you have a lot of rich friends who are art collectors, mm.
2: Russell, Tovey. Russell,
0: Tovey. Value. <laughs> Russell Tovey, Russell <laughs> yeah. Tovey, that's a huge value to a gallery. Because you can invite your friends in and say, this artist is emerging. You should invest in this artist now or whatever. So actually she thought she probably would. But I also think that's not being dealt with in this show, that it's a real problem when women take career breaks to have children that they are not welcomed back in. And for Miranda to have left one sort of law and then immediately get cover. I mean, maybe she would, I don't know. But it feels to me like, they're not really dealing with the fact that women in their 50s are often just for have two characters. Yes. Just be like, why don't you step into the top job? I'm like, that's a real issue for women. Well, even Carrie, you them. could say it's
2: all of them. And maybe this is the thing with the fact that it is a comedy show dealing with very superficial things, but some of these issues now are massive. But mm. they're still dealing with them in quite two-dimensional ways. Carrie just was able to sort of sidestep into podcasting and and book and being yeah. you know a book writer like there's some kind of difference between writing for a newspaper and then you know now she writes books she keeps saying I write I write books and um yeah Miranda to be fair we've both we've both done both we don't go on about it Debs to be fair to us. <laughs> I'm going on about it now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, just I mean, and then there's going to be an ad there for if you are in the, <laughs> you are thinking of investing in any books. Um, <laughs> Unbound. Yes. Um, if, yeah, someone, I, if someone knocks on the door of your flat, because this is what happens mm. with Carrie and says, oh, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Luciette. I live downstairs. Do you say, hi, I'm Deborah. <laughs> I'm a writer. I write books. I write <laughs> books. Yeah, just so no, they don't think no, you write anything not. else. No, yeah. I would
0: absolutely not do that. I would absolutely not. But I, but yeah, I think that's something they're not they're not dealing with. And as you say, this sort of waste of time storyline about a woman who's clearly a size ten to twelve, imagining she has a belly it, and putting on three pairs of Spanx. I'm yeah. like, if you if you are sensitive as that about the way you look, you've used Spanx before. I'm sorry. Yes. You do not put on three pair of spanks so that you can't talk to go to a working job. You just put on a dress you like more. If you think, ah, oh, this dress might have been a bit of a mistake, you have a favourite dress yeah. that you'll wear on day and, one. But, and, it's al- just and
2: also you have an explicit enough. moment where you go, I'm focusing on my tummy because what I don't want to focus on is my actual fear, which is, can I do this job? Will I do mm-hmm. a good job? And then that moment's enough for us to go, yeah, we're, we're women. Sometimes we are a little bit yeah. mad about the wrong thing. Because we yeah. feel insecure about something else,
0: and look, no shade to anyone who's been trained myself included, who's been trained by a patriarchy to yeah. hate their body and and you know looks down at their relatively conventional body and goes, "That's not perfect, that doesn't look like a billboard. Yeah, or tries on an outfit and goes not for day. me."
2: tries on an outfit and goes, "Oh, mm. that's for people who have X, y, and Z, big boobs, yeah. a bigger bottom, you know, a curvy waist, all of those things. All of us have absorbed it. None of us are above it. But hopefully, what exists in our lives, and what is more responsible on television, is to have a character go. By the way, this is body dysmorphia, mm. and you are wonderful. And can we talk about something else now? Mm. While you eat also, a, even, while you eat a baguette. Yes, I. <laughs> I
0: think that the the boss of the gallery, or whoever it was, coming downstairs. And with her midriff out being a size probably 16, was meant to be that, was meant to be Charlotte, you've got body dysmorphia, this sexy woman's just come down the stairs with her tummy out and she definitely doesn't have a flat tummy, therefore you should take your Spanx off and put the belt back on because you've thrown yourself into an insanity spiral. Even if, it doesn't matter what size your tummy is, you're sexy, you're fabulous. That's what it's meant to be.
2: But there's still something else reinforced, which is that women look at each other and go, oh, they're thinner than me, they're they're bigger than me, to place ourselves. There's still something very unhealthy. Oh, and it's also so, No, it's, for the it's woman not, who's I'm not cussed. saying it's good. I'm saying I
0: think that's what they're going yes, for. Yes, that's what they're no, going no.
2: for. And, and it's the vagueness of it that I don't like. Uh, and imagine, you know, I always just imagine the actor getting the breakdown, like, fat woman who makes Charlotte feel okay about the fact that she's very skinny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got a really yeah. big job coming up. <laughs> they want to see yeah. my
0: belly button. And it's just so Charlotte can look at me and go, I'm not as fat as that, therefore, I'm yeah. allowed to take my spanks yeah, off. I can
2: breathe. And it's,
0: I just don't think Sex the City slash and Just Like That should attempt social issues really because really? they always get it so clunkily wrong. They just they just never oh, get it right. I think, if I think they bring... should just let these characters be... Okay. Be fabulous and have sex and, you know. But it, this would have been so much more interesting if Charlotte had been reading up on different artists mm. and panicked and thought, I can't compete. Yeah. These women know. J- just I'll tell you what, What we often play let's pretend we're in the writer's mm. room and re- fix this show rude um, so hubristically, I'm sure. But I do think, I don't know, if you were in that writer's room, Sarah, I think I would pitch Charlotte has lunch with the new... You know, whoever's running the gallery, the gallerina, whatever it is, who mentions an artist she's never heard of. Right, yeah. And she pretends she knows who they Ah, are. Okay, yeah. And then has to go and research them and then starts going, who else don't I know about? Okay. And spirals that she's not going to be able to do this job because... Her ancient experience isn't what's needed mm. now on the ground. And she maybe goes to visit some hip new artist who looks at her like she's some kind of wasp in a dress with a pink collar.
2: Yeah. So just quickly, I think so many terrible things happened in the original series that they did have to. I do appreciate the clunky worthiness trying to be better. Otherwise, don't bring back the series. Um I can't believe some of the episodes are still up in terms of how they talk about sex workers, how they talk about trans people. There is some really like, whoa, these things were so loved and we were so blind to so much sort of hatred and non-empathy. Anyway, my storyline, Charlotte banged a lot of artists back in the day. Someone mentions, you know, this exciting artist, This, this the next uh, mm. big showing that they've got, and it's the guy who painted Charlotte's vagina, or it's oh, someone she slept with. So it's very much in the sex and the city world. But yes, she has a history, and she has qualifications, <gasps> but is that going to be taken mm. seriously when she realises she was a single gal? Yes, she was mm. looking for love, but she also did a lot of dating, as did her friends. Where is that storyline where we're haunted, not by the good exes, but the bad ones who don't go away?
0: Oh my God! Do you remember when she shagged the Hasidic Jewish artist? I don't. Do you remember? I don't remember. Okay. But she. But, but this. That's where she worked. So that's where she met men. But she was a wasp when she shagged the Hasidic mm. Jewish artist. She could meet him now. Yeah. Where he's got some kind of, you know, and he finds out she's Jewish, she's Jewish now. Yeah. And he's like, oh my god, and he's pursuing her, mm-hmm. and she has to say to Harry, there's a big exhibition of his yeah. work with, that's now at this gallery, and she has to say to, and he's pursuing her, and she has to say to Harry, yeah, I, and, and I, sh- have- I had a massive fling with him back in the day, and maybe there's still chemistry there, yeah. Ooh, which just, we never get to see never, from Charlotte, it, who's such a good girl, it
2: never goes away. The fact that women sometimes, you know, pursued, harassed, have to balance their <laughs> laughing at awful jokes in the workplace. That doesn't go away because you're in your 50s or in your 40s. Yeah. Uh, to, to show that, that you think, oh, sexual harassment is something that happens when you're young in those places and have no power. Charlotte has power now and still is in a situation. God, why am I getting carried away like it happened? Um, but still is <laughs> in a situation where she's having to not be herself To be professional, to allow a man to be unprofessional, because that's what the workplace is for many people.
0: Yes, yes. There was also that artist who dressed her up as a man, who she had. Yes, oh, that was. Yeah, did sexy photos and made, and she had those big
2: socks in her trousers. But that's interesting now because she has a gender fluid child. Exactly, who then might see that picture and and say, "Is this? Is this? Is this fun? Is
0: it? Or you know, yeah, or what? How you know? How did you feel about? You never told me Mm -hmm. that you did this." drag piece you played, and yeah, you yeah. Know, you played with your what, yeah with your presentation and that that all of that there's so much great stuff that could come back so many easter eggs that could be there can I tell you an easter egg that I think is there with the Charlotte storyline yeah okay I thought this was a brilliant easter egg now I often see things because I know the original series so well mm. that I believe they're messages from the writers yeah. in my head okay that going this is an evocation in truth I think they're not I just think I know the first series better than they do. There
2: must be someone um, in the writer's room who is the Debs, who goes, by the way, everyone, who you know. I hope so. Yeah, I think there is. I hope
0: so. There was an Easter egg here. When Charlotte looks through her box of photos, mm-hmm. imagining herself as she was, there's a picture of the four of them, of the yes. four OG cast. Do you know where that photo was taken? We saw that photo taken in the original series. Do you remember where they all took a photo together?
2: Well, they went to Las Vegas and was when Charlotte... Uh, Samantha was with Richard and was really worried and they eventually split up and they couldn't get a photo together, but then they did and it's amazing. Yes, that's the
0: photo. It was actually
2: Atlantic City. Atlantic but City, it was like okay, Vegas. but it was in a, a casino. That's why I thought it was Vegas. Um,
0: yeah. And on the way back on the bus, because mm. she breaks up with him so they can't go back on the private jet, they have to go back on a coach with all these old ladies and they get an old lady to take a picture of them. That's that picture. And in that photo... That episode was, I think, called Old Maid, mm. and Charlotte was turning 36 yes. and terrified about being an old
2: maid. Yeah. so it's a lovely reflection there, isn't there, to then look back and go, you were so young and lovely. And yet now she kind of wants, what she's
0: pining for in this is to be that old person, and then she takes this other picture of herself just standing on mm. her own, a tiny bit slimmer than she is now, yeah, and puts it on a hanger and goes, I'm going to get back there, and I'm going to do it in the most ridiculous way of eating this is where there should be
2: like a red button thing like they have on the BBC where someone says hey just by the way (laughs) we're trying to reflect you back at you you'll never be as thin and young as you are now stop being so hard on yourself back to the (laughs) programme
0: back to the programme and also thinness was you know this show started in the 90s thinness was at a premium went through the noughties which if anything was worse than the 90s Uh, thinness was at at an incorrectly at a premium but here's the big Easter egg. Do you remember when we have seen Charlotte in the original Sex and the City going through a box, a similar, a box of photos and things, and feeling pain?
2: Was it I after she had the a miscarriage? Egg.
0: Egg? No. She was on a was sofa
2: before... when she had the miscarriage. Okay. That's
0: a good guess, and it's no, not right. No, okay. Season one, season one, yes. do you remember them going to a baby shower upstate New oh, York. Oh, okay, with a friend, there was a wild yes. woman called Lainey. She took the shoes off in, and she lost her shoes. So, uh, so uh, Carrie lost her shoes. Dif-
2: different one. Different right?
0: baby shower, yeah. funnily okay. enough. Different baby shower. Yeah. <laughs> different baby shower. But uh, in this one, Lainey's a wild woman, was a wild child, and now she's got oh, all yes, the trappings of, of the Connecticut. And then she gets
2: drunk and does go out and she's crazy again. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Now, in that one... She says she's gonna call her she's about as pregnant as you are, Laney. And she says she's going to call her baby Shyla. Yeah. Charlotte gets very upset because that's the secret baby oh, name she's got for okay. her future daughter. Yeah. And she told it to Lainey, confided it, and Lainey's using it. Yeah. So she's so upset that, and really, what she's upset about is not the thing, as we all know. Mm. Just like we were saying, mm. she's upset that she hasn't got anything Lainey's got, and that's what she wants. And she goes home and she has what she calls a wish box. And she takes the lid off, and in the wish box, there's a gift for her future daughter who she doesn't have and she thinks I'm Mm. never going to have this because she's already probably at this point. She's panicking,
2: yeah.
0: She's 33 or something and she thinks I'm never going to have this. A townhouse in the city, one in the Hamptons, her dream man, her backup dream man, and she rips up all these pictures and throws them away because what's the point? I'm never going to have it. And she's so distraught. Ironically, she now has every single thing in that wish box. Mm. She has the daughter. She has another child. She has a townhouse in the city. They have a house in the Hamptons. Her dream man was Trey and her backup dream man was Harry. She's got every single thing in the wish box. And now she's looking at a picture of herself when she was 33 going, I just want that figure back. Mm. And it's this sort of reverse. You imagined yourself to be happy then. You were absolutely miserable because you had nothing that you
2: or like, least we, said you we, want like we were talking about before we started recording, human beings are very simple and we just continue to want what we don't have or we're told we can't have. And so even if you are the luckiest person in the world, which Charlotte is, I'm not saying she hasn't had pain in her life, but she's a very, very fortunate person, you find something that you don't have. And for older people, that could be youth or, you know, yes, it could be weight or for whatever reason, or if you've had children, it could be a pre-pregnancy body, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then you go, no, that's the thing that would have made me happy. Well, you had it and you weren't happy. So it doesn't work Mm -hmm. like that, does it?
0: Yeah. She was so desperate to be pregnant all through her marriage with Trey. Early marriage with Harry, desperate to be pregnant. And pregnancy is probably the thing that's changed her body the most. And now she's like, can I also have the body I had before I got pregnant? And the answer is no, no. And it, that you were never happy in that body, yeah. ever. But
2: also what people say to you as a, I mean, it is a reminder. When you say things that are horrible about your body, they go, well, your body is amazing and it is healthy and it has done these things. And for some people, what it's done is nourished children, grown children, and for the rest of us, it's like got us around, you know, kept us rested. when mm. I mean, it told us when we'd had too much to drink, all of these amazing things, and we don't ever... We don't spend enough time going, yeah, why all I do is say negative things about myself. Um, can I have a quick toilet break? <laughs> is that okay? Yes, go My tummy's go for gurgling. It. I'll be back in a sec. Sorry. Oh no, of course. Of course. I don't of course. know where the toilet is in here.
0: Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. That's DF Dumps. We're recording more live episodes and you can come and see us. Please do. We are live at Soho Theatre in London in August on the 11th, the 12th, the 18th and the 19th. That's August 11th, 12th, 18th and 19th. Get tickets now. We're live from Chichester on the 21st of August. Coincidentally, I'm also doing my play there. I'll tell you about that more in a minute. And we're recording episodes of The Guilty Feminist and Global Pillage. That's a deep cut. We're bringing it back for one episode only at the London Podcast Festival on Saturday the 16th and Sunday the 17th of September. For tickets to any of these shows, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. I'll be in Chichester, as I mentioned. Did I mention? I mentioned, I think, that I've written a play called Never Have I Ever will be on at the Chichester Festival Theatre at the Minerva for the whole of September. Like I'm a proper playwright. I feel like Neil Simon in the 70s. It stars Alexandra Roach, Amit Shah, Greg Wise, and our very own Susan McCormick. It's about money, sex, power, politics, identity, and running a restaurant. For tickets, go to cft.org.uk. You can also get ad-free episodes via Patreon, Apple Podcasts, or Acast Plus. And if you're passing iTunes or Spotify, you felt like leaving us a five-star review, you, we'd love you forever. You can review any individual episode. If you've reviewed us before, you can review us again. It helps other people find a podcast and it gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling and it gives us a lovely, lovely buzz. So we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you're not following or subscribing or whatever it is that you have to do, click that button. It really helps us. And now, back to the
2: podcast. Hey. Hey. So sorry about that. All the talk about being in three pairs of spanks gave me an upset stomach.
0: I, th- I did think, had you gone to take your spanks off? Yeah.
2: You, <laughs> you came on
0: pregnant with yeah. spanks on and you looked at me and you went... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I can take my spanks off. Deb's there being reassuringly, be really, um... with her reassuringly non-flat stomach. No, um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I feel so much better about myself just looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. You've gone to take, listen, I'm glad you've taken the spanks off. They're not good for a, an in-utero baby, I imagine.
2: <laughs> <sighs> no, you'd be surprised. There are lots of the Spanx maternity and Skims maternity. And actually they don't squeeze you in at all, but I think it's for people who can't bear the idea of not wearing restrictive underwear.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do think, I've always thought Spanx were unfeminist, even before I sort of properly engaged with feminism in the way that I have in the last yeah, you know, seven years. I've always just felt like it just doesn't seem right. I mean, I'm yeah. a feminist, but I refuse to wear Spanx except with two dresses. Two dresses. Oh, I see. Yeah, I've not got when two you're wearing dre- two I've dresses at
2: once. <laughs> so you think might as six and spunks
0: underneath?
2: I see. Got what two some, dresses.
0: You I've like. got two dresses where I'm like, uh, I don't wear spanks, but there's a, a brand called Honey Love. Oh yeah, that does a sort of. It's not like a. I can't stand the ones where you have to peel yourself in. But there's a couple. There's a brand called Honey Love where they just. I don't know. It just feels Shoes. like it gives me a a smoother shape.
2: I think sometimes we like VPL than and that Making that's myself
0: kind of pretend to be smaller. Yes. I don't believe in making yourself pretending to be smaller. And also, it has to come out somewhere, so it just rolls over the next bit.
2: And I also think when you do something like that, then you take them off and you feel your actual self is wrong because it's wobblier mm. and less restricted. And there must be something where it's a bit like one of those weighted blankets where it's the, you know, you're getting this sort of hug. <laughs> there must be, I've always thought that with them, there's something about, just oh. You know, someone's hugging my hips. Well, that's what the Honey
0: Love ones are like. Okay. And I very, very rarely wear them. But when I do, it feels more like just like, it's look. I've got good posture. That's what oh, it is. It okay. gives me, it makes me stand up straighter. But also they're very sexy. They're kind of really black and lacy mm. and hot. I can't stand those ones that just look like, you know, Trini and Susanna always used to tell people to wear them and then yeah. say, when it comes to the hot moment of passion, where, you know, you're out on a date or something... You just go to the loo, you roll them up, you put them in the in your evening purse, and you pretend you've been commander all night. You pretend you've worn no pants to the restaurant. And I'm like, oh
2: my God. Yeah. And he's like, you came to meet my parents. This was so inappropriate. <laughs> it's like, it was this or you saw how the sausage was made. When I literally came out looking like a sausage <laughs> rolled up. I don't no. I hate to think that it's unfeminist. I understand why people do things and and, you know like you say certain dresses certain outfits certain occasions Mm. but there are so many we said you know body positivity has happened and sex identity hasn't noticed it but like has it like I think I'm very unkind to myself lots of people I know are very unkind to themselves we just now know we should be better so I think so so I I now just feel
0: guilty about my dismissal of
2: my own body like it's sort of like an extra weight but
0: no it definitely has changed body positivity has changed things like body acceptance I follow a bunch of Instagram accounts Mm. and I genuinely do see myself as sexier like in the noughties there was no representation at all and it was just you were wrong
2: and you were bad it was so hard not to hate yourself it was explicit in the 90s like ridiculously explicit look at this hag look at her cellulite who would love her (laughs) like all this kind of thing. And now now I think there's so much implicit. When Charlotte walks into the gallery, the first two women she sees are Mm. very, very beautiful, well-dressed and thinner than average. Mm -hmm. She didn't walk into a gallery and go, oh, everyone here dresses for themselves and is a a Mm. non-model body shape. Yes, there are amazing Instagram accounts and writers and activists, but there is also the mass media still you know yeah well a couple of weeks ago yeah. Che was told to lose weight on their yes. sitcom yeah and yeah. they were
0: having a weep about yeah There's their belly a, yes.
2: yeah yeah don't, and, and, don't, and don't touch my body which is for lots of people that's the thing about oh yeah roll up your spanks and have your hot moment thanks Trini and Susanna I felt like a pig all night who had to be sort of like put into a condom an adult (laughs) size body condom what hot passion's coming straight after that (laughs) yeah feeling sexy is your body is pretty exciting and anyone who gets Mm. to touch you is pretty lucky
0: it's true it's very very true and I I think the um the chase storyline which just got just went away Chay felt bad about their body because they were told to lose weight for a sitcom, yeah. which I don't, I don't quite buy that because Chay's sitcom was about the contemporary issue of being non-binary. It was for a progressive audience, but Chay kept
2: being not in control of something that was their story. So what I mm. did think was what, one of the many things was you'll wear this, you're you know someone copying mm. your hair, the nationality of your parents being changed yes. because of an actor. I th- it was just one of many things where Chay kept being undermined on what should have been their most successful moment, their most celebrated moment, the best moment of their career. And then Mm it then eventually ends up with a huge rejection. That for me felt very authentic. Yeah, to be fair, that's true.
0: That's true. I've had that many times in my career where I've been... My, my show has been squeezed into a shape that I don't recognise and then someone's passed on it because it's it's a yeah, weird show I don't and like an unrecognisable
2: shape. I don't like that shape. Um, yeah, and I think that's very common and I imagine everyone working on and just like that and in the writer's room has been through it. So that for me that's felt very, that. very authentic. This That's making stuff. That's trying to make stuff. <laughs> that's trying to make stuff yeah, under the true. system. That
0: is... That
2: is true. And uh, listen, also, I don't know about American network
0: television as well. Maybe Che would be told to lose weight. But that, that storyline wasn't really resolved either. It was just like Miranda's saying, well, I love your tummy. And then it's like, I guess it's okay. Yeah. Um, but, it, but, I don't
2: but, think but they, but they're terrible episode, at weight. This episode, Che, and also, like number one, I love how they ended Che and Miranda. Because that, to me, felt like something the first series would never have been brave enough to do. Like, without a huge drama we've got problems. It's going to get worse. We stop now. We don't overdo it. We don't cheat on each other. We don't do something for a storyline. I loved that. And I now love that they're buying stuff for their flat and having a beer with two much richer people who have just stocked your kitchen. I I, I loved it.
0: Oh, yes. Let's talk about that. So Carrie, how are you feeling about Carrie and Aidan first?
2: Well, so I rewatched it for a vision because I, I thought I don't I remember things like Aiden telling her to stop smoking. You know, I had I had red flags about Aiden. I didn't think mm. he was perfect. But I think they're doing a massive rewrite because the actor who plays Big has been canceled. I think it'd be <laughs> I think if he hadn't been, he wouldn't be the big mistake. They're really, mm. I think there is something... When you talk about Easter eggs, I think they're doing something quite almost <laughs> breaking the fourth wall, going, that was a mistake. Mm. We made someone, you know, who has behaved terribly, apparently outside of the show, very successful and romantically... And he yeah. was always
0: toxic for her, honestly, Awful. I do yeah. think.
2: At his funeral, he, one of the other characters says... But wasn't, why have we all forgotten how he treated her? Like, it's like, yeah, yeah we have. And then now yeah. we haven't again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, Aiden certainly wasn't perfect and Aiden no. could be controlling and Aiden was insecure himself. But A- the ways in which Aiden behaved in dodgily, I think, were more human. Like, Big seemed to sort of enjoy tormenting her, really.
2: Yeah, he was non-empathetic towards her until he read her book. Big. like he he treated mm. her like she didn't have
0: feelings but even the way he treated her about the wedding like saying I've had two weddings before. How do you think this big wedding makes me look? I'm like, Well, but she hasn't had any weddings and she's a yeah. socialite and yeah. she she wants to she wants this big moment for herself. She's waited for this for a long time. Yeah. She's already in her 40s and she she wants she yeah. wants a wedding. Yeah. So how do you think this makes me look? I don't give a fuck how it makes sure you look, mate. Yeah. You've had
2: you've had two weddings well, how do you and it's not now? important to you. How do you look now you're dead. You died on a Peloton <laughs> and you're a mistake. You're canceled. So <laughs> there we go. Who gets the last laugh? The, the fact is the moment where she said i made a mistake number 1 i think i also think the actors are doing an incredible job because sometimes the writing isn't exquisite and they play it so well <laughs> how kind um they do they and do that, and this that was long, a great moment that long hug i just thought was wonderful i just thought it was really mm. wonderful really well acted um people are imperfect but time makes a huge amount of difference and it's about how Aidan comes back. I love how they talk about his family, his children, his real life. They're not mm. pretending he's just this sexy bachelor. Yes, she's having incredible mm. sex, which I love for her. And the whole, the, the psychology of, oh, now she's actually, now Big doesn't exist. She can let herself go with another man. I, I thought that was a really good, I thought Insightful that was a very believable thing, yeah. reason for her now having the best sex of her life because Big was in the way psychologically. Mm. Of her sexual freedom, but I do think if the actor the actor would still be appearing as a ghost if he uh, if all the stuff hadn't come out about how he treated people in his personal life,
0: wow, he'd be coming back to do pottery with her.
2: Because th- didn't they didn't they have ghost scenes in the first series that were all cut? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, yeah.
0: that's right. So that's he right. would still
2: be in it. <laughs> he'd still be in he'd it. He'd be, be like, still just over her shoulder white going, J, um, a peppermint." <laughs> <laughs> he'd
0: be like, he'd be like, "Oh, you're back with the car- the the, yeah. the carpenter." Kid, you know, all of that. Mm, I really love that the warmth between her and Aiden that was there when they weren't having a difficult time is back. And I just, I really feel moved by the reunion and the way that she, because I felt like Sarah Jessica Parker's had sort of, I think the script's been demanding that she underplay and she be lethargic Mm. and slow and low and all of those things. And now I see her, Young, playing again, yeah. yeah, She's playful like she used to be. She was always so playful, and she hasn't been like that. She's sort of been in four layers, walking down the street, looking sad, not making, not being very proactive. And now she's like, like her thirty-five-year-old self, which I love in terms of her expression and her dynamics. Mm. And I really did love that moment. And I think actually she did make a mistake because if she had had the Freedom, it's the psychological freedom to marry Aiden, they probably would have had a lot of fun.
2: Also, it's, it's the difficulty if there's cheating involved. And I don't mean sort of like having open relationships and having sex with more than one person, but if you lie to someone, she lied to Aiden, she slept with Big, he mm. then found out, you never get the chance to find out what could happen with that relationship if it was an agreed monogamous relationship. So the mistake, mm. I didn't feel like it was Big altogether, it was they never got to find out what could have happened in that very first journey. Mm. if 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 that hadn't happened she will never she will, they will never know the other thing Ashley was saying she came dressed today which they're doing so fantastic with Carrie no one is ever asking her why she didn't have kids or if she regretted not having children mm. so the storyline with Aiden isn't they could be my babies or if we'd stay mm. together I would be a mum and when Big died it wasn't like you're alone now you wouldn't be alone if you'd had children and I think, no, yes. and I hadn't even noticed until Ashling pointed it out, how wonderful it is to have a representation of a woman of that age where people aren't, you know, they've talked about the menopause and the fact they've gone through with it, and I was and do you have any regrets? Yeah. yeah. It's just taken for granted that it was a decision, a conscious decision that is respected, and, and people don't worry about her for that reason.
0: Yes, that's good. Yes, it's, that's actually true. I'm very pro this programme. You are. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You're You're selling it to me. You, I, I'm worried that your listeners are going to be like, what? <laughs> we don't come here for this. No, no, no. We do say good things about yeah, okay. it as well. We absolutely do. And uh, no, we love the positivity. Alison Spittle said, I have to come out and say I love it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I apologise to everyone, but I love it. Um, she didn't say I apologise to everyone, but that was the kind yeah. of jokey tone. Yeah. Um, so... I love the two of them being back together, having yes. their in-jokes, going yep. shopping together. Dom- and being in someone else's apartment means they're having to do that domestic thing of, like, going to Ikea and yeah. have that fun, which it reminded me, if we saw her do that with Burger where they were, yeah. you know, in Bed Bath yes. & Beyond. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a little bit of scenes like that that we've seen before of this mm. domestic play. And I hope when she gets to Virginia, which will be next week, that – we see, I mean, there'll be lots of Easter eggs for the, the that they've already mentioned, the, the traumatising shack that yes, he had yeah. upstate where she had to be in the country as a city mouse. Yeah. But it'll be really interesting to see her interacting with his kids and yeah. uh, how they respond to her and, you know, whether they want their parents to get back together. It's been five years. I'm very yes. pleased he's not in the middle of a divorce. It's been also, five years. Also, she met it's one done. of them.
2: Do you remember that he turned around in the street and he had the baby Tate. harness on? Yeah, so she's already met one of these children and and that would be so crazy because you're so boring as an adult when you're like I met you at the Edinburgh Festival when you
0: were when you were and they like I don't, I don't care yeah. yeah he was in a harness yes. and he says Tate I call him mm. my Tater because he yeah. looks like a potato yeah so I'm 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 very interested to see how Tate's turned out I hope he's turned out better than Brady
2: yeah me too and this and this chicken that lays an egg in a bed <laughs> that and the turtle who's worried about the dog are the two main characters from this episode I was really <laughs> I was really into the animals as someone
0: who's a vegan animal lover we yeah. salute all the animals in sex in the city yeah except there was a moment where they were talking about the chicken and that's also delicious yeah but well, that was her that way clearly of, had someone who fought
2: that again i thought was pretty good writing that's a way of showing she just doesn't i mean it's it's just hard for her to hear fun nice stuff about aiden and aiden's world isn't it that was her
0: yeah like, yeah i eat chickens yeah <laughs> which yeah i'll eat that chicken yeah uh Seema is avoiding Carrie in this episode yeah. and doesn't want to go to the Hamptons with her anymore because she feels like you've had two big loves of your life. Mm. You lost one, you've got the other back. I've never had a big love of my life and I just don't want to be your third wheel and be reminded it's that I don't have that. It's hard.
2: Again, people are imperfect. All of us have had this experience when your friend falls in love really, really quickly and it happens so fast mm. and... Especially if yeah if you've got a holiday planned uh, uh, yeah, and, and they have a huge sort of invested holiday because the Hamptons would be an amount of time, I thought it, I thought it was dealt with really well in that you know all of us have imperfect emotions that just bubble up, but they communicated about it pretty well, I thought, and Seema was very good at ba- sort of setting her boundaries. this is about me, I just need a bit of space, and it's not about you being happy, it's about how it makes me feel about myself. Seema's storyline. And it's, and it's odd for such a, obviously stunningly attractive, successful woman, but there's this part of her life, and she's hugely successful as well. There's a part of her life where she keeps being told she's not successful, which is that she Mm. hasn't, and it's not just hasn't settled down, hasn't, hasn't been in love. We met her parents in the first series and they say wonderful things like, we just want her to be happy, but we associate happiness with coupledom. And it's very difficult Mm. to unlearn that or Mm. appreciate that. And Simo now is saying that she's maybe not happy, whereas we always Mm. presumed she was. Yeah, that it's it's difficult. I love her as a character. I do too. Do you think this new
0: this new man who's come in is Mm. going to be her big love? The man that the TV the film producer she has to show around.
2: They're setting up for something. I think it's more likely that she'd get hurt. They're setting up that he's not a great guy. Actually, they didn't introduce him. But she him. might have a
0: big love with him, though. Yeah, but
2: big love. Big loves don't always end well. Exactly, and I think that's the point. Big loves end can end in heartbreak, and you can really your big loves can be some of your shortest relationships as well. It isn't always like long loves is different to big loves. Is what I would say. Mm. Aiden wasn't a long love. He was short, really. Twice he was, yeah. Mm. Three times now.
0: Three times. Yeah, three three times. times. Third time lucky. Um. What about Anthony, who fires Giuseppe for being gay
2: <laughs> explicitly and illegally? Yeah. This is, I think, I mean, it's not technically an Easter egg, but this is the bit of like, that feels like old sex in the city. Mm. Actor Samantha gets cast. did it once. Yeah, Samantha was not a real person. She was the least real. She was the most cartoony of the four characters. I don't miss her. I have to say I don't Ooh. miss her. I. We watching it I fast forward her sex scenes because there are so many and that's nothing against Kim Cattrall who I think is iconic but Samantha is the least interesting it's the most like, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like yes we are trying to have brunch why are you talking about that um I don't miss her <laughs> I'm glad she's not there anymore and, and I hope she's really happy not being there
0: um
2: she's coming back just know, for a well, phone call well, yeah, for a phone call. I hope she got all the money. I hope that for her. Oh, I
0: think she did. Yeah, exactly. So
2: um, I think so she I'm... was
0: offered a million quid for one scene, Brilliant. and she said only. And, she, and, and she then she did it. the sort of status-y thing of only if I get Pat Fielding to come back and dress me because Sarah Jessica Parker's is not getting that.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I so, mean, status far. Have your have your wins. Have your million. Have your dresser. I want all of that for her. So this is not me slighting her, but those moments of unrealistic casting of actors unrealistically finding people so hot and being so aroused and comfortable they had to have sex with them within 20 minutes. Mm. There's lots of things I just don't see happening in the real world, Deborah. Like, there (laughs) are versions of it, but um, to to repeatedly happen, no, no thank you. And I think that's the thing with this Anthony storyline. It's very nice for him, but in real life, this is not how he finds love, is it? Uh, I
0: don't know.
2: Honestly, but
0: I do know you cannot fire someone for being gay. Like, that is just, even if you're gay, that's fully illegal. that's
2: why they put in that Um, line about how he wasn't actually employed. He was still in his three-month probation period, which is the terrible laws that we have that protect employers. Anthony doesn't deserve love. Let's let's try (laughs) that then.
0: (laughs) Anthony, bless him. He's the new Samantha, and Samantha actually did this once. She had... Uh, the hots for a young female yes, uh, assistant yeah, yeah. and she she fired him and immediately shagged him on the desk exactly. in another in a series yeah. of things that would that. happen in real life. I don't need that
2: to happen. I don't need that to happen. I,
0: I quite like this romance. I mean, firing someone for being attracted to them is absolutely horrendous and obviously, you know, one would hope Anthony wouldn't do that in real life. But the sort of game of it, the TV comedy game of yeah. it, was I find you so attractive, and now you're kind of coming onto me, I can't handle it.
2: But yeah, and also but the I, end yeah. was
0: quite romantic. It was quite
2: unfucked, He says, I, yeah, like, I, I thought the he character, not, yeah, okay, the, awesome. the poet character, is a sweetie. Like he obviously is, and it's that um, you know pixie fairy woman thing, but in a beautiful French gay guy. <laughs> Because he's, yeah, he's not man, real, man, d- yeah. Manic, manic pixie, pixie dream girl, I mean. yeah, yeah. He's that's that's what that character is. A hundred percent.
0: So I hope Anthony has some fun with the, with Giuseppe, and then we've got Miranda. What did you think of this storyline? She pisses off the young unturned at her law firm by getting yeah. the cushy jobs and a promotion in her first week.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I think they, they, what they's. I actually thought this was a bit of pushback from like we're fed up with being told that people are privileged. Sometimes people are also more qualified. <laughs> that felt like a very, <laughs> that felt like what that storyline was. But actually also, weren't you a corporate lawyer for 30 years? Well, then it's, you're, you do have value. Right. Because Miranda she is says, so aware of her privilege. And obviously that's been happening right since series one. That's what, that's what her journey, that's what she's going through, which feels very, you know, there are lots of people grappling with that. And she's making life decisions to become a better person in society. Um, she is, yeah. in a
0: very non-Miranda way, though. When when the boss said to her, would the Miranda who graduated first in her class at Harvard and made partner at her law firm care what others thought? Yeah. Um, or something similar to that. I, I thought Cynthia Nixon was going to go, yes, no, no, she wouldn't, but I'm a totally different character now. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> That's oh, like, oh I, by the way. And again, I wonder what she as an actress has put into this because I feel like all of them, in bringing back these Mm. characters. I think Sarah Jessica Parker is doing very, very good acting. I love her as Carrie and I I can see how much work she's putting into making her very three-dimensional and it's interesting and it's different to what she did last time. Mm -hmm. And I think Cynthia Nixon is someone who is so political and politically aware and hated Trump and those kind of things. But also, as her character keeps saying, I don't just want to be a white woman in a pussy hat. I need to do something So I feel like Mm. her as an actress must have had some input or they're influenced by her. Obviously, it's not completely the real world, but that is the discussion that people are having.
0: Yes, clearly she is more qualified. I still think there are probably other human rights lawyers who've got years of experience who would take over the maternity care. I'm never sure when women take career breaks that the constant conversation is... It's really hard to get back in. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of competition. Well, Miranda competition herself from... didn't
2: take maternity. She had full-time, in a tiny flat, full-time housekeeper, full-time babysitter. Mm. Uh, she, she had a live-in nanny. And I, that's what I was waiting for at that moment. She said, I'm taking maternity leave, was Miranda to go, I didn't feel like I could, or I didn't even want mm. to. I had an accidental mm. pregnancy who is now an adult, and obviously there's that moment, I think it was the last episode, where Steve said you didn't even want him. And I thought that, again, I think it's sometimes interesting to bring those things back, you know, in terms of the mm. full life of these characters. But Miranda didn't... That's the sh- joy of having a show that's gone this long. Yes, yes. Actually. And, yet, and getting this, to see them so much later. The fact that it isn't five years later, it's like, whoa, it is another lifetime later, isn't it? So yeah. much has happened.
0: Yeah. That would have been great if Miranda had said, do you know, I didn't think I could take maternity leave or I just was That's in such then. a culture It wasn't an option for didn't...
2: me. I was trying to make partner. It, That's all I cared about at the time. Yeah, and, it's all, and yeah. we were told that we couldn't. Like it yeah. just wasn't in the ether that you could. And it, that would have been great. And, and, and now it's still so difficult because that woman could have replied and said, yeah, we keep saying things are better. But I can tell you, you know, nine of the people I graduated with who took a year off and now are getting half the cases that they're, male counterparts mm. who had children but didn't have to take any time off of had i mean mm. this is another hot conversation but we want the world to be better but it isn't that much better
0: mm. yeah we're more aware of what's wrong but putting it right is a very different exactly. thing
2: Exactly, but we're not going it's hey it doesn't thing. happen now <laughs> it's like it's it really really is it really really is it really does um yeah i like that miranda wants to work in human rights and the the next thing is like so what like what's going to happen i Mm. i like all miranda scenes that don't involve her getting fingered using a vibrator (laughs) showing her balm i've i've found some of miranda's sex stuff really confronting and that's good because i actually again that's where i think the actress is pushing like watch watch a woman my age
0: try and put a strap on (laughs) yes
2: yes yes (laughs) And I find kissing Try and strap embarrassing. One on. I don't find the struggle. Yes, on that's trying... right. I've... So, so you I, have I... to
0: leave the room if someone kisses yes. someone. And Miranda's so... sex scenes
2: have all been very, very sexy. As in, very sexually, re... they don't feel cartoony. Mm. Like Samantha always felt cartoony. She was always just writhing on someone, like, you know, sort of mm. like. <laughs> Uh, yes, aware of a camera y- Yodeling, really. yodeling, not actual. Mm. Whereas Miranda shows actual pleasure. <laughs> she depicts actual pleasure, and I find it incredibly embarrassing. Just the whole concept of pleasure, embarrassing, awkward. Yes, um, T- talk
0: talk about it. Don't show me. <laughs> Just do it in your own time. Um, any catwalk uh, hits or misses for you this week? Any any outfits? I mean, obviously there was the ridiculous. What I thought was quite a tweed dress anyway for someone in art was sort of like that black dress that Charlotte had with the pink collar and the pink belt. Yeah. I thought, this is very twee for the art world to mm. me anyway. It's not very high fashion. It's very kind of suburban, actually. I didn't get that. And I also it's didn't like... It's very
2: girly. It's very girly. And that's what Charlotte's sense of style always was. It was very feminine Fem, on the side yeah. of, yeah, lacy collars, small tight waists. I mean, like, yeah, Mew Mew kind of, yeah, Alexander Rich kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I didn't feel it was the most interesting dress she could have worn back to her first day. Um, but also, Carrie was walking down the street in a dressing gown at one point, like a pink, a pale pink dressing oh, yeah. gown.
2: Yeah, I was I, like. I, so I find the clothes very uninteresting, which I think is why I didn't watch Sex in the City the first time round. I only watched it during COVID. So, this is, so it's a whole new environment to me. Mm. Um, And I watched it with modern eyes rather than at the time I'd love to be like them and be in New York one day. So I forget to even notice. They seem to me like a a bunch of very badly dressed women most of the time. (laughs) Tea towels on shoulders, visors. I like it when like something like she'll have a bag that's the shape of a pigeon. And I'll be like, I bet you get that in Claire's accessories. And then you Google it and find out it's (laughs) £5,000. And you go, well, you should have gone to Claire's accessories. That's
0: right. That's right. I didn't think this episode was so much about the clothes as the love uh, between her and Aidan, which I am thoroughly enjoying like a warm bath, like a warm noughties bath. It's like traveling in time, but also getting to see that sometimes things can work out uh, years later and they are having fun. And I'm really enjoying John Corbett's performance I happen to know he's very good friends with Chris Noth so it'll be I wonder what's happening behind closed doors there and what what John Corbett's saying to Chris Noth because oh, really? they were the two that stayed oh, very in touch good yeah friends.
2: Oh, I, so like real life yeah.
0: actual friends yeah you know in the pandemic when everyone was doing those reunions and interviews about the yeah. old times because we couldn't make any new content
2: yeah
0: they were asked if they still stayed in touch and Chris Noth said I mean, all of our lives have gone in different ways. Mm. And we all live, you know, we mm. some of us East Coast, some of us West Coast. We've all got families. We just, you know, we don't have time for that kind of old socialising and stuff. But he said, the one person I stay in touch with is Corbett. Mm. Uh, John Corbett and I are really close. And the irony that Big and Aidan ended up as the best friends from yes. that show. Yeah. And now, I mean, it'll be
2: well, actually, very interesting to see. You say that because we know you mentioned the farmhouse earlier. Actually, what was so wonderful was when Big turns up and he's heartbroken about another woman, and he gets drunk, and eventually, him and Aidan—you know—he sort of throws a basketball at him. Mm. They have this ma- amazing, massive, ridiculous mud fight, and then she our friends. Shouts, You're middle aged. Yes, yeah, and and it's so funny, and it's so ridiculous, and it's uh, yeah, really fun, very entertaining. And then they have eggs, and our friends, and Carrie's watching, thinking, oh, is this how men bond?" But they mm. they do have very good friendship chemistry, the two of them. They do have very good friendship chemistry. So that's right. Yeah, I do. I think I think it's performing well. I think there. Again, I think there are very healthy, well thought messages in how they're showing relationships, which is they're not perfect. They have histories. People have divorces, children, other lives, grief, but can still have a nice time making chili or having a beer. Or having a mutual friend. And it's because I don't have any Buying of those a things. Spatula. I don't have any of those things that I find it very aspirational. You do.
0: You have your husband's gonna be back soon and he's gonna make you a vegan chili. Yeah, my boring say, old current husband,
2: who didn't let me have a wedding because he'd had a big one before, by the way. I didn't know that was a big storyline. Wow. I've got a marriage certificate. I never had a wedding. So, so next time... What, I'm because Steen didn't want to have another wedding? Because he'd just got married to someone else and had a massive big Greek wedding, yeah. And so it was just like, no. I'm not doing... No one's doing speeches again. Again, I think actually, I mean, not in big the character's defence, but it is a bit embarrassing if you've said to everyone you know, I'm going to love this person forever. And they all, you know, yeah. give you presents and get dressed up and get babysitters and turn up and your mum and dad stand up and cry and say how happy they are. And then you change your mind. Yeah. And, and then, then so you find you, can't, you like more. Yeah, you and can't, it's like,
0: <laughs> could you now say that about this person? Could you give a speech about how much yeah, you love this person? Everyone's sitting the there going,
2: yeah, we believed you last time. All right. Okay. <laughs> As if we're going to trust your judgment. You're the boy your who judgment. cried love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah um that do you know funnily funny you should say that because i found an easter egg in this conversation mm. john corbett was the groom in my big fat greek wedding so Ooh. and you missed out on a big fat greek wedding because <laughs> of Steen. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah so do you know what s- ha- you know how this story ends denying i'm gonna that. marry john yeah. corbett he's my second <gasps> husband we have a big second, fat big Greek, greek wedding A second big love just like Sex in the City, Steen dies on a bike. <laughs> it's all going to work out
0: great. Steen, just can we just touch wood and say <laughs> Steen does not die on a peloton. He
2: left me for four and a half months. Four and a half months
0: is left. He can die wherever yeah. I say. <laughs> <laughs> he's left you with an eighteen-month-old. Yeah. Is his TV job going well though? Is he enjoying it? I don't
2: know. I think he's. I think it's been very hard being away. Actually, oh. it's been very hard to be. He but, misses um, his yeah, baby. of course. I don't Thanks. think he realise how hard it would Lovely be. Sarah. Um, uh I often, I don't know if you do this, because of Instagram, I sometimes think if something really tragic happened in my life, what would I post? So I would mm. love him to die on a Peloton because I could, you know, obviously not the same day. But when the dust has settled, I would do quite a funny and just like that pun on the fact that my husband had died in the same way as someone in a TV program. So he was actually making it easier yeah. for me. Uh, it's so hard it, to do a in really a, heartfelt one yeah.
0: yeah in a very real way though I'm not sure that one grid post would be worth <laughs> it the loss of the father of your children um oh, I'm, I not, think, I'm not saying it equals
2: itself out I just need to know what to post in that situation in that
0: situation I mean <laughs> yeah. it's important to think it through that's the kind of thing I think of yeah I think of my own funeral I think of Tom's funeral I think mm. of you know I, I always think about those kinds of things yeah. um just you know, in the bath or something, I just start yeah. imagining what it would be like. Yeah, I think it's as well to plan your own funeral a little bit because otherwise people will get it wrong.
2: And also, then what you want to happen with your online content? Like, do you want it deleted? Do you want everyone like writing underneath?
0: Yeah, I yeah. think I'll go with writing underneath. Writing underneath, but I do want things. a bit. I do want a live celebration. I don't want one of those funerals where people go, "Oh, she just wanted us to dress up and laugh." I don't. I want you in black. I want you crying.
2: Yeah, I think we should all wear. Because um, I, when I think of you. Especially with black, I would think of you know the wrap dress and you mm. know the, the big hat. I remember your mm. Edinburgh poster where you had mobile phones all around your head. Oh so God, I'd like that's to, going back. That's so a I'd deep like, cut. I'd like you to get buried <laughs> with mobile phones all around your head,
0: like that poster. <laughs> they were all like nineties not they years were, and stuff. Yeah. But, oh God, I can't believe you remember that. That's so well, embarrassing. The, the reason,
2: the reason, Debs, is how long we've known mm. each other. Is I came to see that show twice. Because you had oh reviewers God. in. Because we're old oh school God, friends. I'm so
0: sorry. I'm so sorry. I think I of it. You to see
2: no, it. this is what I would I love don't think to go it to. It was very no, good the first never. time. It was good. I would oh. never have come again if it hadn't been wonderful. And as you oh say, God. you talk so much to the audience. It's a very different show. All this, well, all I the had work, to. The There's only 10 of is, them. But here's the thing that I'd love to say to people in Edinburgh. Actually, if anyone in Edinburgh is listening mm. to this, it's a nice aside from the festival is mm. everyone I well know been? is hugely successful, started out playing small rooms in caves that are, you know, dangerous for <laughs> oh. the health and fire traps. I honestly think I nearly got cholera that year yeah. in that cave wet cave the With with friends in. coming in to be bums on seats because an online <laughs> oh, reviewer from microwave.com's coming and this could change everything. Like all of us started there. It's um oh, I was yeah. so
0: miserable at Edinburgh. Oh my God. I was sorry. so miserable. Sorry. I cried it wasn't it wasn't meant to be so bad much. memories.
2: We're talking about your funeral. No, no. No, listen,
0: it's good to see how far <laughs> yes, you've come. Yes, it, it is It's good. a bit like Charlotte and her wish box. The mm. things that I had in my wish box then many of them I have you now you have you have and it's really important to remember that and to like you know go no you you push past these things and yeah. and you get there and you're right if you are in edinburgh and you've got one person in the audience as i saw there was a story about I saw that's, that's what i Edinburgh's
2: thought of i thought of that girl and i and i yeah. remember those tears and it's why i'm not strong enough to go to edinburgh anymore because i would still cry those tears t- to a room of hundreds <laughs> after a room of hundreds so that that the ego bit doesn't go but that bit where you think this is so hard, and no one believes in I me. And how can I do this? Every single person you admire—that's how. That's what they were doing. I have felt that. Yeah. I
0: I actually had a conversation today with someone who was also not in Edinburgh this year, and I said I'm not going up. Usually we do the Guild Fronus for a few nights. Yeah. And I I'm not going up because I've got. To re- I'm rehearsing this play that's on at Chichester mm. in September that everyone should come to, mm. and seamless plug. And I said to the person, even going to Edinburgh off season when there's no festival mm. the smell of the hops when I get off the train puts me into such a state of anxiety
2: yeah
0: just the feeling of I'm going to be reviewed every day I'm going to be just feeling lonely I'm going to feel isolated I'm going to be in never more lonely than when you're in the performance bar drinking alone thinking can I talk to them do I know them do they are like they gonna me are they going to look over,
2: over my shoulder as someone else walks in who's having a much better certainly festival than are. me certainly yeah. they are
0: don't even need yeah. to ask that question. They definitely yeah. will.
2: Are they going to say something? Because they've read one of my middling reviews and they think I know and they're going to be the person who tell me, oh, I thought they were they go, really harsh about your empty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: I thought that was really unfair what they said in three weeks. Yeah. I thought your show was definitely four star, not three.
2: Yeah, no one thinks you're dead behind the eyes and would be better off doing something else. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god, it's oh, so it's so horrible.
0: I was in a play once at the Fringe, and somebody said that I had the all the sparkling charisma of boiled ham. Yeah, of a boiled ham. The
2: list once gave um, me two stars and said worse than genocide. Oh my god! My first two ever stars? hour. Two stars. Two stars. Worse than genocide. Would they give genocide three stars? Apparently. Well, look. <laughs> It depends how genocide you're using success as a measure, stars. I guess. Yeah, two stars worse than genocide. Worse than genocide. Yeah,
0: genocide should get no stars. It's, I the, don't it's, the, it's the kind
2: of thing that trolls write when they're like uh, asking her about comedy is like asking Myra Hindley about childcare. <laughs> it's the kind of, that's an exact quote of something someone wrote. not about you? Yeah, yeah. But you know, they're, they're the kind of things that do. They burn themselves into your brain. Mm, it's very yeah. hard to move past them. It is, um, it is. It's, it's, but
0: one, one must release. I actually mm. found this, because I didn't see the boiled ham at the time. Yeah. I saw it years later when I was Googling something else and wasn't expecting mm. to see it and I found it incredibly funny. But, and yeah. I still oh, found it incredibly okay, funny. great, yes. But if I had seen it at the time, it would have burnt itself into my brain and I would not find it funny. And
2: you have to go out it's and do only... a show that day with what you're hearing in your head is, they're all thinking boiled ham, boiled ham. And then that's what would happen in a bar. <laughs> A comic you like would come up and say, hey, do you want a I glass said, of I wine? Think- and you go, do they know about boiled ham? Do they know I'm boiled ham? I'm either going to have to tell them I'm boiled ham and that and, and, and I'm fine with it, or wait for them to go, so... Are you cooking any pigs recently? <laughs> oh God! it is it's so cool, so I it's think so you're mean. much more live
0: pig than boiled ham
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. all the spark tiners boiled yeah anyway, I look it
0: also I was in a play, and I don't act much, mm. so they might have been right, but um, I just think God, imagine writing that, knowing that the person might see it and being cool, filing it yeah, being just feeling just sleeping well that night. Yeah. I could never do it, I couldn't be critic, no because. I just can't. I just can't bring myself because I know what that feels like think, to have that
2: said. Yeah. I think about it even in terms of us talking about this TV show, which is massive and the writer's room is across the Atlantic and is nothing to do with us. I still think having made things, hopefully, hoping that people would understand what I was trying to say, it's so easy to go, this is what you failed at, this is what you didn't do, this is mm. a glaring hole, this is your blind spot. I'm so gentle because I I see the good intentions in things. And also,
0: how hard it is to make things, and how hard it is to make at all, and how hard it is to make things well. So, Uh, having said, I can never be a critic. I have criticised this show. What I would
2: say as well is that I'm not saying stuff like that. Though I'm not huge improvement from second series from first series is why people are so upset. And this is me who don't get commissioned after a first series Mm. because there is no space to make mistakes in TV anymore because it's ratings Mm. and it's too expensive. It's like it's too expensive a place for you to make any mistakes. Mm. And it used to be. Like, the first season of Blackadder mm. is... Or The Office. It doesn't, people didn't watch it, it, you, it. You know, they still got a second series and then people, you know, it became a massive cult hit.
0: Yeah, I think the first season became a cult hit on UK TV mm. Gold or something like that, and that's why they got the second season. Oh, really? But. I think yeah, because they brought it back then on the BBC, realizing mm. that they they but they buried the first mm. season of The Office, they buried it at like eleven o'clock at night and switched the times around and stuff. And it was only it was only that you could binge it on Gold that that made it a hit. Otherwise, oh, wow. it would have died a, yeah. a terrible death. Which brings us around to the fact that is that not the show that Steen is currently making? The Australian yes, the Office, the
2: Australian Office, yeah. And he's playing the Jim part, or the or yes. the Tim, or the Tim yes, part. Yes, he's playing the romantic lead. This is uh, this is how it is being married to an actor. They're very depressed for ninety percent of the time because they don't know when they'll work, and then they get a phone call going, "Hey, you can kiss another woman and get paid," and you have to say, "Well done" to them. They do it. Oh, <laughs> so happy for you. Yeah. Well, look,
0: fortunately, season one of The Office is all about pining and no kissing. Yes, isn't it? it is. But Kim Cattrall is playing Pam, so. God, we'll can you imagine? That would be so funny. <laughs> I would love it. That would, love would be it. so, so funny. I would love it. Um, well, listen, it's been absolutely wonderful to have you on. And this has been a wonderful analysis of this episode. I'm glad you're enjoying it so much. And it's I a break, am. a very brief break from motherhood when your child is asleep, <laughs> uh, very briefly. And uh, is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say about And Just Like That?
2: I said earlier that Harry's my favourite character. I actually mm. think they've done wonderful things with Harry and Steve, but I just mm. think Harry Harry's so funny, and and I love his and Charlotte's relationship. And again, it's underplayed; it's not a storyline. He's just there. I loved the whole dust coming, uh, and I, I yeah I, I I think they're showing very very aspirational, healthy, you know, monogamous relationships, and it's wonderful. That's what I think. Not that that's the only good kind of relationships, but yeah. Nice. Me too, I agree,
0: and also as a public service announcement, don't drink bone broth, it's just don't. Don't think that
2: your employability is connected to your waistline. And if you get fired by someone for your sexuality, please contact Miranda, who's now a human rights lawyer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Um, Listen, this has been an absolute joy, Sarah Pascoe. I wish we worked together more. We should do some more stuff together because you're just an absolute joy In all of our lives, we're lucky to have you, and by that I do mean the world. Uh, Thank you you so much. I'm so sorry now to end this and send you back to your child and dog.
2: Oh no, I'm excited to go back. I'm excited to go back. That's what happened. Oh yeah, it's Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. (laughs) Have a fantastic weekend, Sarah. Thank you, and you. Good luck with the play. Absolutely
0: delightful. And just thank you so much. Uh, Never have I ever. Chichester
2: Festival Theatre, all September. Tickets going fast. Um, Oh, do you have anything to plug? Uh, if anyone's listening now, I've got a London show at Regent's Park Open Air on the 13th of August, and I've got a, my first novel coming out on September the 14th, which you can pre order, and it's called Weirdo. Oh, I love that. Please come on The Girls Feminist and talk about that. I'd love to.
0: You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist. Watch us and just like that with me, Deborah Francis-White, and my very special guest, Sarah Pascoe. The producer for The Spontaneity Shop was Tom Zielinski. The Guilty Feminist is part of the ACAST creator network. And just like that is on max in the United States and Sky Comedy and now in the UK. See you next time for episode nine, There Goes the Neighbourhood. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from ACAST. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.